0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Dr. Sherry Lashome is our guest today on Taekwondo Life Magazine Live. My name is Mark Sorianis. I'm a third Don black belt. I'm the editor in chief of Taekwondo Life Magazine, and I am your host for this program. Dr. Lashome is the medical director of the National Collegiate Taekwondo Association. She is also a doctor of chiropractic medicine, as well as a certified athletic trainer. Dr. Lashom is on her journey to becoming a black belt, but more significantly, she has been a member and an important contributor to the USA Taekwondo program for some time. She has been part of the medical team for the USA program in domestic and international events. Including the Pan Am Olympic Qualifiers, the Pan Am Games, the World Taekwondo Championships, the World Pumse Championships, and a series of, of other events leading up to the uh, Summer Games in, in Rio de Janeiro in 2016. And she, as I said, she has worked significantly in an area that is near and dear to my heart and the heart of this program, which is high school and collegiate Taekwondo. Programs. She provides us today with a great perspective on what she has seen in terms of chiropractic issues, medical issues, injuries, from, from her vantage point as part of the medical team. And she gives us a very good look at common issues and the development and the evolution of Taekwondo over the past 10 years. I encourage you to check out her website and see what she's up to, as well as, of course, supporting and checking out any events for the National Collegiate Taekwondo Association. That is an important event for solidifying the continuity of Taekwondo practice for for our sport, and I highly encourage you to support that organization.
1: So we are talking today to Dr. Sherry Lachom. I became acquainted with, with Dr. Lashom when she became recently or at least I had read recently that um, you had become the medical director of the National Collegiate Taekwondo Association, an organization that we've done some, uh, we've had some communication with and some sponsorship and certainly we've uh, had the opportunity to interview some of the uh, uh, the members of the the board. So that was something that I had seen recently. Uh, so, And when I got a chance to read your resume and, and read your, the work that you do, I saw that it was, it was really extensive and, and there was a tremendous amount of overlap in the Taekwondo community. So uh, Dr. Lashoma, I want to thank you for having you talk to us today.
2: Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. This is quite an honor.
1: Well, well, thank you so tell tell our our audience first of all a little bit about who you are and what your what your background is well I'll ask you some specific questions but um, um, give us a little general introduction as to who you are and what it is that you do for a living
2: okay I'm a sports chiropractor and a certified athletic trainer I actually got my degree in chiropractic first which is kind of backwards most people who have the dual degrees Become a certified athletic trainer first, and then go back to school to become a chiropractor. I did it the other way around. My focus has always been in sports since I've been a doctor, and I was introduced to chiro, uh, I'm sorry, i am sorry—I was introduced to Taekwondo back around 2003, and started working some uh, local, regional tournaments and the National Collegiate Taekwondo Association. Uh, I worked their first event in 2003, and it kind of blossomed from there
1: well that's great and geographically you are located where for those of us that aren't
2: familiar with your your background I'm in western New York upstate near Canada I was born and raised in in New York and I live in a suburb of Buffalo New York
1: okay that's that, that that's great and for you did you have any uh, I see extensive work in um, the area of working uh, with athletes but but uh you know taekwondo is a, a little bit of a, a different uh, animal did you have any prior martial arts training uh, of your own uh, any martial arts practice or how did it come to be that you um, ha- became aware of and the taekwondo community and that they became aware of you
2: I had very little training in taekwondo or any martial arts I took one year of karate back way back in chiropractic college And just never stuck with it. And I actually started training in Taekwondo about three years ago. Got a little bit stuck at Red Belt due to some of the more advanced challenges that happen at that belt, going into uh, working towards your black belt, and took a little hiatus due to some injuries. Uh, But I'm looking to get back into it again. So I really didn't have much background in martial arts but it very much intrigued me. I was working in uh, with two sports at the time. I was working with football and lacrosse, so a lot of collision contact, and it was the head injuries that really kind of tied me into the Taekwondo community. Uh, and after speaking with a couple different people that were very interested in having me work for them, I decided that I would go ahead and start doing some Taekwondo events.
1: Interesting. So, so is that where you are um, have primarily during during that period of time your work with ath- uh, taekwondo athletes has been primarily you working at and with and around these uh, high level taekwondo events, or does your work cross over where you're working with uh, taekwondo ath- as well as other athletes outside of those?
2: My practice is very much sport focused I'm also the team chiropractor for our local university Niagara University so I do have a lot of sports work that I do in my office and I treat a lot of athletes and I've done a lot of work with USA track and field as well but most of my especially internationally most of my work has been with taekwondo athletes
1: that's great so, so give us an idea if you are at an event I see that you, you've been in both uh Uh, So many of the different events, the the Pan Am Qualifier, Pan Am Games, um, the 2015 World uh, Taekwondo Championships. um, What typically is the type of um, schedule and work for you at those events? What is the role that that you play as it relates to? Because generally the the events that I'm at, which are usually, we have some large events, but they're usually state and, and local events. There, there are, there are uh, there's a medical team. Sometimes that medical team involves having uh, MDs and, and chiropractic and physical training people. Is it, is it a generalized role that relates to uh, a specific team? Is it, is it there in general for um, injuries? Uh, or, or is it uh, performance related as it relates to, to um, achieving maximum performance?
2: That's a really great question. It really depends upon the event that I'm working. I have done everything from working with one individual athlete all the way to working an an entire event, the Pan Am qualifiers or Pan Am Games or uh, National Collegiate Taekwondo National Championships, where you're responsible for all the athletes. Uh, My my preference, I love working with specific athletes and with a specific team because you have much more one-on-one contact with them. A lot of the work is injury, uh, uh, treating injuries, um, trying to prevent injuries. We don't get too much time to really do a lot of things like strength and conditioning and rehabilitation because usually the time that you're with the athletes is short, uh, either the time of the event, uh, might be a weekend, it might be a whole week, but certainly not a lot of time to actually follow through. But when I work specifically with athletes or with USA athletes particularly, I do follow up with them after the event. If there happens to be an injury that they've sustained that needs follow-up may mean helping them find a referral for surgery or for diagnostic studies or just some, uh, for some further care after the event. So it really depends a lot on the event.
1: So that's great that's great so tell me about the how did you end up getting involved in terms of as a career choice um, in in doing what it is that that you do is it was it something that you had always had a passion for or was it something that uh, you you sort of Uh, were were led to along the way you know. a being in in the role of of doing chiropractic work but but specifically um, being uh, directed towards the sports field
2: I always loved sports I was a bit of a tomboy when I was younger I did play sports I played soccer I played ice hockey I played softball and when I was in college I started in physical therapy but I always wanted to be a doctor I just didn't seem to understand how I would fit into the medical doctor realm because it really wasn't the way I was thinking about how you should take care of people I was looking for something more holistic and natural and I discovered chiropractic uh, when I hurt my back in college and my grandmother took me to her chiropractor I got my first treatment and I said this is what I wanted to do so I switched over I, I didn't I, I, I finished my uh, undergrad as a uh, in a Bachelor of Science and I went to chiropractic college And then when I got out of chiropractic college, I started doing some work in sports. I did some postgraduate work in sports. And then when I started working with our professional lacrosse team, the coach here, I was working as a chiropractor. The coach said to me, hey, Sherry, you should really think about getting your athletic training degree so we can bring you on as our athletic trainer. And that led me to the athletic training field, which I absolutely loved, and it fit so perfectly with what I wanted to do in sports chiropractic. And the two degrees together really are what um, kind of propelled me into working with um, higher level athletes. And it's been it's been wonderful. It was actually the perfect fit for me.
1: Well, it sounds like a tremendous amount of fun, and it sounds like you make a great contribution. Let me ask well, you about, you. Is,
2: is, am, am I
1: correct that the uh, medical, uh, you becoming uh, medical director of National Collegiate Taekwondo Association, I know you've been involved with them for um, a while, but uh, the appointment as medical director, is that a relatively new appointment?
2: It actually isn't. I've been doing it for several years, and I have to be honest, I don't remember the first year that I started uh, helping them as the medical person, I I believe it was Dr. Russell Ahn who first asked me to uh, take on the role, which I was happy to do, uh, knowing that it was a volunteer position, Uh, and it's been several years that I've been doing it, and my main uh, main job in that position is to help coordinate the medical care for the collegiate and high school national championships that happen every year. Oh,
1: wow. that that, that's great that that's a great it's one of the things that we've really uh, discussed on this uh, program one of one of the the, sort of the initiatives of the magazine and of the uh, the audio program has been you know highlighting high school and collegiate Taekwondo programs because for Taekwondo in general while you have great numbers in the area of uh, youth up through there's a tremendous fall off in the high school and collegiate and a lot of it has to do with the fact that there aren't as many great programs for Taekwondo athletics as there are or, or, or people don't know as much about the the great Taekwondo programs as they they do about other other sports and and certainly right. that that's been a big push for us so um, it's very interesting so so you actually see uh, uh, Taekwondo practitioners based on the variety of things that you do that are that are really from the high school age all the way up through um, folks that are in the USA program that are a little bit older um, Olympic um, competitors is that that's correct in terms of your yes yeah. um, the various the right things and, and yeah. in your ex, in your experience in terms of those types of uh, tournaments injuries uh, things that, that, that you deal with is there a distinction in terms of the, the from what you see and, and the role that you play if you're doing you know high school or or collegiate work as opposed to doing work for um, USA Taekwondo and other areas or at some of these other tournaments?
2: I think more along the the difference in the types of injuries we see is more along the lines of the level of experience of the athlete, more so than whether they're high school, college, or at an elite level working towards the Olympics. It definitely is more uh, focused on their experience. The less experienced athletes, the lower belt classes that maybe haven't had as much opportunity for competition and sparring particularly Uh, We see a lot more face and head type injuries, lacerations because of the lack of control uh, that they have at that lower level. I've also done a lot of work with uh, the Pumse athletes. I've been to the World Pumse Championships a couple times and, um, you know, when we've worked Pumse uh, along the different levels, I kind of see the same sort of thing. You see, in that uh, aspect of the sport, we see a lot more of the repetitive injury type uh, problems because of the nature of that part of the sport.
1: Well, that, that's great and, I'm, and, and um, in the sense that when I say that's great, uh, I, I wasn't aware that they were they were utilizing as much in the terms of medical uh, profession in the Pumse portion of, of competition. But I think it's important, and I, uh, I think many people you know who don't really fully understand how physically challenging. Uh, High-level execution of uh, pumse can can be, especially when they have a lot of these creative ones. Wouldn't necessarily believe that you, you.
2: No, I was just going to no, say, no. especially with the onset of freestyle, it's really necessary to have medical professionals available, particularly athletic trainers or uh, you know, orthopedist or someone on site during those events because of the possibility of injury.
1: That's great. I think that's 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 so important. I think that probably. You know, again, I think the average person who doesn't fully understand uh, what goes into it may not may not fully understand that. So I'm, I'm I'm really glad to hear that that type of attention is being is being paid. Now, now you've mentioned um, I think twice in in um, our discussion of head injuries, which of course is is, is an important um, topic. Have you ha- has your sense been in the events that you've worked uh, and the circuit that you've worked? Um, what are the, the types of, of injuries that you're seeing? Is there a, um, is head injury, obviously head injuries are serious, but is, um, is there a greater prevalence of head injuries um, to other injuries or, or are they more foot and leg injuries or is it, a, is it, does it run the spectrum?
2: It pretty much runs the spectrum. I, I have seen overall a, a decrease in head injuries uh, relative to people being much more conscious of, of the head injury issues, um, being more careful with technique, and obviously knowing the serious sequelae that can happen with head injuries. So I, I, that's always great to see. Um, we do see a lot of hands and foot injuries, of course, inspiring, particularly hand fractures and, and minor, uh, sometimes minor dislocations of the, of the fingers and toes, sometimes more serious. Uh, but we do see a lot of sprains and strains, knees, ankles, wrists. Um, back and neck injuries are usually more sprain strains but we do see quite a wide variety of injuries at the different events particularly when you're dealing with a larger group of athletes
1: makes sense what would be if if anything came to mind what would be the most unusual injury that you might have seen over your years of uh, working Taekwondo events is there anything that comes to mind
2: Yes, there is, actually. It's a very unusual injury, and it was, um, it was a female injury. We had an athlete, we were down in Bolivia, I think it was a Pan Am Championship, who was kicked in the groin area and sustained a laceration that required sutures. And uh, that was probably one of the most unusual Taekwondo injuries that I've had to deal with.
1: Yeah that is one that uh, I've been fortunate enough to have never uh, never uh, seen at a tournament and probably never heard of so wow thank you for sh- for sharing that now you you have um, a breadth of experience during a period of time that there have been significant rule changes across the board in uh taekwondo competition as it relates to scoring and that has altered to some degree the playing field how people execute, where people execute, uh, as, as the scoring has changed, um, particularly on, in, on the, the Olympic level for, for, from what you have seen, has that, uh, increased or decreased the number of, of injuries? And do you think that there's, um, a correlation between those or that that is relate, or, or that there's other factors that are involved in, in terms of that trend?
2: That's a really great question. I would love to see some statistics related to the results of that. I would say overall, I've seen less injuries in competitions. I don't know if it's necessarily due to the rule changes. I do think that, you know, the sport obviously has changed quite a bit. A lot of people would say not for the positive, um, but I do like the scoring changes as far as the point changes that have happened. I think it makes the sport a little more interesting. But related to the actual injury uh, percentage and, and types of injuries, it would be a really great study to do, but I've not seen anything that's been published on that.
1: Well, that's great, but thank, thank you for your, your, your feedback and your experience. So I see one of the things in, in terms of your your work is that it, it's brought you to a significant amount of travel related to Taekwondo and the Taekwondo community, you've you've certainly not just worked, uh, you know, the the local tournaments and circuit in your area, you've worked nationally um, and internationally. What is in store for you in the coming, we're we're, we're headed to a new year, this this episode will premiere actually in January of um, 2020, but what is uh, in store for you in 2020 that you're aware of and will will you be uh, headed to, to Uh, the excitement of Tokyo, or or what other events do you expect to be covering?
2: Great. Uh, Yeah, so my first event will be collegiate National Championships in April, and that will be out in California at Berkeley, so I'm excited to be working that event. And then uh, about two days after I get home from there, I'll be traveling to Mexico with AAU for a Taekwondo training session that they're going to be having. Uh, I'll be responsible for approximately 100 people, I believe, with athletes and coaches. So I'm very excited. That will be my first AAU event uh, that I've been asked to help out with. So those are the two events that are on my calendar so far. Um, Related to Tokyo, I think that's going to depend a lot on if and whom is qualifying for the Tokyo Games for Taekwondo for the U.S., I obviously am hopeful that our um, previous Olympians will requalify and maybe we'll have a full team or at least the four uh, similar to the four athletes that we took to Rio in 2016. Um, nice. uh, very interesting to see how that will all play out.
1: Yes, I, 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 I agree with you, and I think we'll we'll certainly know know well. We've covered um, and, and spoken with and, and uh, Stephen uh, Lambden, on this program, who's a, certainly a great representative for the United States and, and was certainly a great collegiate um, Taekwondo athlete. And we've had a long standing relationship with um, Paige McPherson. Uh, and we've been doing a lot of work with uh, the National Center of Excellence uh, in, um, at, in, at USA Taekwondo. Have you had a chance to, to go out to the new facility there and see the new facility?
2: No, I haven't had a chance to yet. I'm not sure when I'll be able to get out there, but I've heard some good things.
1: Yes, I've heard it's uh, I've heard it's really great. And they have a great program now where uh, we, we featured in our uh, recent issue, the uh, six athletes who are actually living there full time, um, sort of uh, Korean style. Uh, they're, they're, they're living and training all um, at the facility full time. They've all relocated from various parts of the various parts of the country. So I, I think it's an exciting, um, an exciting change.
2: It is. It's a big commitment as, as an athlete to make that kind of change as well. So kudos to them.
1: Uh, what do you see in terms of, because you do work with, um, you work with the, the two sports that are of nearest and dearest to my heart, which are football and taekwondo. Um, I know you work with other sports as well, lacrosse and other sports. But, you know, as, as taekwondo, as martial artists, we, we pride ourselves in um, a code of conduct and a code of behavior. Um, respect is, a, is an important tenant. Do you, is there something that, I probably put you on the spot, but do you see a distinction between the behavior of Taekwondo athletes that you work with and athletes in general? I, I don't necessarily mean the ones that you work with and cause you may have great athletes in football and lacrosse, but overall, is there anything there that's tangible or palpable uh, in the behavior of Taekwondo athletes that, that is, that comes to your mind?
2: Absolutely. I have found Taekwondo athletes to be above and beyond respectful in most instances, especially compared to a lot of the other teams that I've worked with. I've worked with, semi-pro and professional athletes in both football and lacrosse and several other sports. And I, I would say that if I had to pick my favorite sport as far as a health care provider, it would absolutely be Taekwondo. And one of the reasons for that would be the amount of respect and consideration that athletes give me as a health care provider. They... Uh, They really do follow the Taekwondo principles, and it goes all the way through to how they treat the medical staff. And I really appreciate that as as somebody who does a lot of volunteer work and takes a lot of time to be away from friends, family, and work um, to work a lot of these events. And it's the athletes that I've worked with over the years that have made it worthwhile. And continue to make it worthwhile for me to do that I've really appreciated the people that I've met along the way Um, so there's a huge difference between the athletes absolutely
1: well that is great and I'm so glad to hear that because you know for for me um, it is always interesting to me and I always ask the Taekwondo competitors who compete on the sport end whether they consider themselves to be athletes uh, or martial artists because it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more um, laser focused and concentrated than many of the Taekwondo programs. And for so many of them, whether they consider themselves to be martial arts artists or athletes, even the ones who tell me they consider themselves to be athletes first, um, they always express to me that they believe that the the tenants and things that they learned early on in their Taekwondo uh, their their home Dojangs and from their uh, masters and grandmasters um, still permeate their um, their behavior. So that's really glad to hear, and I'm I'm, I'm really thrilled to hear um, your perspective on it as, as somebody who has the opportunity to work with our community um, as a up and coming uh, Taekwondo practitioner, but not pr- that's not your primary. <laughs> you're not your primary function um, with with, with the group so um, now in the interest of time I'm I'm going to start to wind down I wanted to ask you one final question before um, we finish which was what would be advice that you would give from the perspective of uh, somebody we 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 have younger people that listen to the program people that or or people that are relatively new in their taekwondo journey Uh, what would be the best advice from the perspective of where you're sitting that they could do To protect themselves from a health standpoint um, minimize their injury and or and or increase their performance if there was any kind of general or simple advice that you could give them something that they should um, attend to
2: I think that's another great question Uh, I always look at health as a, 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 a big pie and there's different pieces to it so everything matters the amount of sleep your nutrition your rest your peace of mind your mental um, how you feel mentally, as well as all the physical parts, right? The stretching and flexibility and strength and endurance and then the more specific skills that you need to acquire to be a successful Taekwondo athlete, whether it's sparring or Pumse. So I think everything makes a difference. It's a big pie that each piece is equally important. So I would encourage young athletes to make sure that they pay attention to everything, the amount of sleep that they're getting, the amount of, Um, mindfulness that they have, whether it's meditating or yoga, the amount of stretching that they do, um, how well they do in school, you know, you you do need to diversify a little bit. It's always good to cross train as well and not just do Taekwondo training, do something different, um, participate in a team sport, um, ride a bike, uh, go for a run. So I think all of it is important and nutrition can't be minimized either. Um, We could never we could talk for hours about what nutrition should be for young people sure. but uh, hopefully that they you know get enough uh, drink enough water eat enough healthy foods and just try to generally take care of themselves
1: That is great advice and and I, I thank you for it now let me ask you in terms of uh, if, if people wanted to find out more about what you do if, if there were athletes or uh, coaches that wanted to get in touch with you, what would be the best place? And we'll post that in the show notes. So what would be, oh, okay. is there a website or social media that, that would be um, a, the, the best place for people to get in touch with you or find out more about you?
2: There's lots of ways. I have. Uh, I am on Facebook under my name. I don't have a, a different website or a different email address or anything. Everything's all just me. So I am on Facebook uh, as Sherry Lashome and I do have a website. It's Lashome Chiropractic. Uh, and then my um, email address, I could also give you that and they could also email me if they'd prefer to do it that way.
1: That's great. Go right ahead.
2: Sure. It it reads Doc Sherry ATC at hotmail.com, and it's spelled D O C, S H E, R R I, A T C at hotmail.com.
1: Well, that's wonderful, and we will we will post um, all of that in in the um, the notes that will accompany uh, th- this interview uh, on our website and on. Um, on iTunes and all those places that this this will be heard and we want to thank you so much dr. Uh, Sherry Lachom, for speaking to us today uh, sharing a little bit about your experience and we will be sponsoring actually the um, the Berkeley event we're going to be one of the sponsors so uh, I may end up being there as well so hopefully you and I'll have the opportunity to uh, meet face to face and I really look forward to oh, that Oh, I hope year.
2: so that would be fantastic w- definitely
1: That would be great. I want to thank you for talking to us today, and I wish you all the best in 2020. And uh, I look forward to to hearing about your your adventures as you travel the world with uh, these high-level Taekwondo athletes.
2: Thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Thank you. With spending time in training and working on the podcast and the magazine, it is difficult for me sometimes to get out to the store or the supermarket. And when that occurs, I always rely on Instacart. A friend of mine introduced me to Instacart, about a year ago, and it has really changed the way that I shop. I go on the computer or on my phone, I have multiple stores to choose from in the neighborhood, I can select all of my products for delivery, and it'll give me other alternative products based upon my preferences, and it's really, really a helpful tool towards making your life a heck of a lot easier. No more worrying about trying to find parking at the supermarket or standing in line at the checkout counter. You can just do all of it from your computer. It'll help you save money by giving you suggestions on deals and by providing you alternative products. And shoppers will hand select your products. They'll bag them up neatly and they'll deliver them within a specified delivery window. I have never had a problem with the products, the groceries, or the service from Instacart. And if you follow the show notes and you let Instacart know that we sent you, they'll provide you free delivery on your first order of over $35. I highly recommend it. And I think that it, for me, has been one of the Life changing services that I've gotten involved with. I'm not a guy who does a lot of internet shopping, but this is something I don't like to be without. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.